0: Welcome to the Monday Morning's tiercast. Again, you have your host here today, the proud manager of the Spitting Llamas, who has now won a couple of wins in a row, uh, your manager, Michael Campos. And today, I have here a special guest. Um, It's the first time in a long time he's actually a guest, because he was the second OG of the podcast. We have here today our unfortunate champion and the previous podcast uh, manager. We have Kite on the line here, Alan for a penny. How you doing today, kite
1: I mean, I'm doing pretty good i I resent a little bit being called the unfortunate champion because I think i am I am the greatest champion that we've ever had, if you ask me. I, I could be biased, but I think I'm the best champion we've ever had.
0: Well, uh, like, you know, I've tweaked their own of who's the best champion uh, but it is nice to say and I can probably speak for the league that it's been nice to uh, to not have to hear you on a weekly basis say how uh, that you keep repeating that you are the champion in our league so I think I think that's pretty nice
1: you're lucky that I didn't pull up the soundboard I could have had that going already right away I thought about it but I was like I oh, might be too much work but uh, <laughs> might, I might fit one or two in there
0: before the podcast is over I think that just shows a sign of just how uh, I think how all of us have been pretty busy these last couple of weeks.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. So like I'm, uh, you know, it, it has been a busy time. Definitely, I'm. I'm thankful that things have slowed down a little bit. Basically, it's you know from breakneck speed to just like I don't know break ankle speed maybe. But uh, you know, I'm happy we got this chance to chat a little football because uh, you know, I'm just I'm excited. It's been it's been a good year so far.
0: Yeah, it definitely has been. And, uh, you know, this week is a little bit special in the whole fantasy realm uh, because this is the week where teams are and managers are really trying to sweat it out and and really crunch the numbers and take chances and gambles because it is the fantasy trade deadline um if you do listen to the pod just to recall we do have the deadline happening i believe it is monday just before the game or just after the game we'll have to check with the commission but it is on monday uh, when the final when the last game on monday the final game of the week that's when the deadline's going to happen uh if you're not listening to the podcast well then you know screw you hopefully uh you you miss out on a trade that you probably want to propose and it happens on tuesday and you can't get it through Um, So you just got to listen to the pod to find out. But uh, we're going to look at uh, actually the teams in our league where we sit because now we have a pretty good idea of who could potentially make the playoffs at this point and who might not. And we'll take a look and uh, do a little uh, pretenders or contenders. We haven't done that in a while. So we'll kind of quickly review each team here and take our thoughts of uh, if they can actually go all the way. And uh, to tie it into it being week 11 as well, we can kind of give our little input if that team or manager should be actually sweating it out and trying to get a trade. Uh, So I honestly, like I was going to go from the bottom to the top, but like I don't really think we need to really talk about Kimball's or Andre's team right now. What do you think? I mean,
1: I'm, I'm happy to talk about both. I mean, I think Kimbert, I mean, I obviously, you know, he's, he's just hoping to be in contention for the butthurt bowl. He's, he's not making the playoffs. I believe, I think he is mathematically eliminated at this point. Um. So, I mean, it's, it's hard to look through his roster and see like who might be a good keeper. Like to me, and that was maybe an overall thing I was thinking this year, too. I had, Like two or three weeks back, I was looking at the draft, and I wasn't really finding anyone that stood out to me as a really solid keeper. So it, like I felt bad for Kimbert because I was like, man, there's there's not really anyone out here to trade for that's really going to move the needle at all. So yeah, Kimbert's, Kimbert's in a real rough place.
0: Um, yeah, you know what, like there could still be some, this is, this is kind of the time of the season where you kind of see, you start seeing some of those rookies or sophomores kind of shine as they get more put into the offense. Um, so like, I think Amon Ra last year kind of started coming out around week. Uh, double-digit weeks and look how he turned out so maybe we still might see that in real football uh end of the season as opposed to the fantasy so we'll take a look at that that says uh, something to keep an eye out but i kind of agree we haven't really seen any significance in uh, keeper value this season at this point compared to probably what we have seen last year um but you're, I, you're right like with Kimball's team like he's definitely contended for the butthurt bowl and unfortunately like even even when you look at an up up and down his roster, like there isn't really anybody that catches my eye as a good keeper. Like London could be, but like who knows about what, who's if Marriott is still going to throw in the ball there in Atlanta or not. And if that's the case, like it's a total dud. As a Kyle Pitts owner, I I feel that pain. So uh, I really feel for Kimbo on this one.
1: Yeah, like I was looking. I'm just looking at it right now. Like you know, he's only had the one good week, but Christian Watson in the 12th might be a little spicy. Um, but like, man, it's it's kind of a desert down there for the most part. Like, none of the running backs have really stepped up. Uh, you know, none of the rookies that were taken. I mean, I guess Ken Walker is probably going to be the best um, keeper in the league. Honestly, like, looking at where he's been, uh, you know, Taras took him in the ninth round, so getting to keep him for an eighth rounder will be really good. But there's obviously like there's no one on Kimbert's roster that would be worth trading him for. So, man, it's uh, it's a rough one out there for him.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's definitely rough. Well, I'm I'm more curious to see. Uh, I know we only have a very short sample of one season of managers picking their keepers, uh, but I think we can all confidently say he probably had the worst keeper picks <laughs> uh, in our season, uh, taking hey, Melvin Gordon there. We all thought he was a genius once Javante went down. Hey, maybe he knew something that we didn't. Two knows, right? But uh, well, clearly... Clearly, even uh, finding ways to get Javante injured, it still wasn't enough for Gordon to take the backfield. So. No, I don't <laughs> think so. I don't think so.
1: Uh, yeah, and Andre. I mean, okay. Now, I'm curious, Mikey. I want. I'm. I know that you're the host, and you're the one that should be asking the questions. But like, basically, for for Andre to make the playoffs at this one needs to win the next four matches i think like it's not statistically impossible but like he basically would need to go 4-0 and finish 6-8 and and then would need everyone else above him to either lose at least two games or just uh like yeah basically lose at least two games what do you think the percentage chances are that andre makes the
0: playoffs 0. 0.1 0. And... 0.1 damn that's bold yeah the... The only reason why I say that is because i uh, I think the last podcast when I had Danny on here, we pretty much were looking at his team and was like, "Yeah, like he has the team that, if he was to sneak into the playoffs, um, he could be like a threat, but he did lose last week. and I think it's also gonna be very difficult for him to do that uh this run with Cooper Cup on IR now. I think that kind of that alone is put a staple into his season. Um yeah, Henry, he does have Henry, uh obviously he has Mahomes, he does have Etienne as well, which emerged as a fine pick. Uh, but losing Cup is is too too much of a hole that I don't think he can fill with Pickens and Robbins and and Traylon Burks to be honest.
1: So then that shifts me back to the keeper discussion here because Andre is then the prime candidate to try and sell some guys off. Like, I I don't want to put this into the universe because it makes me a little nervous. But Like you know a a Tarras like a Tarras trade with Andre like a Ken Walker like a derrick henry plus or something like that kind of working around that where andre would be able to keep ken walker next year like i feel like that trade almost makes a scary amount of sense that i i'm kind of nervous that i've added it to the podcast but i i mean that just seems like it uh, would fit both uh, managers needs perfectly
0: uh, and it very well could happen um but again uh Taras probably sees a lot of value in 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 walker as well um so, I don't know. That's something that could probably be in the talks right now as we speak. Um, who knows? Um, and I'm just kind of curious to see that if, if he does call, let's say if Andre does, oh, actually, no, Andre can't trade after this week. Uh, yeah, I don't know could. if he's going to actually try to fight it, but uh, I don't see him as a seller yet, unless if he does make a move. But also, Andre could have the fear, to be honest, Andre has a lot of fear about getting that butthurt bowl, so he might even want to keep his roster to make sure he doesn't get that butthole.
1: <laughs> yeah, Yeah, Andre does strike me as the kind of guy who would desperately want to fight for the first round pick, or the first overall pick, rather. I, I could definitely see that.
0: Yeah, and I think since we kind of made that little change where the bottom four fight for first spot, and then obviously for the butthurt bowl, I think it makes it at least still a little bit competitive for the bottom half. So I, I don't see him really selling, if that's the case. and. I don't think uh, he want to help Tras win a championship. <laughs> so yeah, fair. We'll, we'll see. But um, when you actually like looking even, we'll go to the next guy, uh, shit emoji. Uh, or <laughs> <It> sounds that... so <laughs> much more crass. Shit emoji. Not even poop emoji, but shit emoji. <laughs> but uh, before we go to him, I just kind of noticed only now, but I think this is the first time I've seen in a while at this stage in the game where we have nine teams out of 12 that all have a 500 record or better which is that means if we were to make the playoffs today that means that eighth place team is a 500 team and typically if i'm not mistaken you can kind of we've kind of seen that that eighth place has usually had at least a losing record um so i don't know if that's a state of just we have kimbo who hasn't won a game and it kind of you know skewed it a little bit or if it's just been that competitive where we have nine teams that are 500 i mean i think it has been that competitive like i think the
1: parity has been really on par and i feel like everyone's been hit basically really hard with injuries so like it's like everyone has had that equal kind of amount uh thrown at them so that that kind of has leveled the playing field a little bit
0: yeah, I agree too. I think um we've definitely seen most managers have to deal their own challenges in their own ways, which is probably the reason why um we see such a cluster in this in the middle here. Like we have uh from four to nine just a one game difference in the standings, which is pretty crazy to think we look at it. Uh so it's gonna be definitely an interesting stretch down the road. Mm. Um What I would say is, yeah, let's go to the shit emoji team. I think this is where uh, he is four and six. So he is one way, one win away from being tied to get to that last playoff spot. So we can take a look at his roster. And I think we can kindly kind of predict now if this is a pretender or contender, not for maybe the championship, but maybe to actually make the playoffs Still,
1: Yeah, as I look at it like, man, I, I, I don't love it. It strikes me a bit more pretendery than contendery. The 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 one thing that would tip me in one direction is the fact that Christian McCaffrey is still, like, you know, he's a game changer. Could absolutely put up 25, 30 points in a week. Uh, I mean, hasn't really done it that much this year, but he's done it a couple times. Uh, and all you need, really, is a couple times down the stretch. But as I look at, like, the wide receiver situation... It's hard to have a lot of confidence in guys like Lazard and Deontay Johnson this year. Like, both are still getting targets, but both quarterbacks are doing shite around them. Uh, He lost Goddard now for probably the next few weeks, which is going to be a real hit to him, I think. Uh, And then, you know, Geno Smith has kind of started, I feel like, you know, the the sheen has worn off. He's still a QB1, but I don't know if he's kind of got the hotness on him that he used to. Uh, I don't know the the I don't know what the matchups look like for a lot of these guys but the the vibes feel off to me I'm not really buying Danny's team as a contender
0: yeah I think the Goddard thing really really hurt him I I do still think he has a really solid trio in running backs like McCaffrey can pop off anytime in the San Francisco offense Patterson's back and healthy Uh, Ramondre Stevenson has Uh, pretty good, and even with Damien still back and healthy, he's he's kind of taken kind of more not back, but like you like you said, like the wide receivers, there's no you can't trust that. Like, uh, yeah, there is might be volume, but there's no consistency, uh, or even really any games from of them. So it's really tough to 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 can see him as a contender. He needs a lot of luck on his side to probably still make the playoffs. Just you know, based off like the next couple of teams. Uh, that we'll be talking about, um, but I think that he could potentially have some good keeper value here, though, if he takes anything away. Like Rashad White could be a potential good keeper if we see Leonard Fournette not really be here next uh, next year. Ramondre Stevenson could be a good keeper too, so uh, he he might have some guys here that he can really look at for to keep on his roster for next.
1: Yeah, no, I hear that for sure. Yeah, it might be. You know better off just trying to duke it out although that's back-to-back years in the bottom four that
0: that that can't feel good no and for somebody that keeps his fantasy knowledge and stats uh, at a very high standard that that's pretty disappointing that he hasn't made the playoffs back-to-back year. Oop emoji indeed <laughs> uh so we're gonna go to number nine right now on on the on the standings taylor swift at a steady five and five record which is pretty impressive considering all all the drama this team has gone through this season, uh, from the Indianapolis team as a whole and the injuries with JT to uh, Dr- Swift getting injured and then, being healthy and only letting them pl- him play five snaps, like my, why are you playing him then? And then instantly trading Ramondre Stevenson away to get an injured Mike Williams. Uh, it, it's been a roller coaster for him. Um, but on paper he has still a very very talented uh roster, which can still do some damage if he squeaks into the playoffs. Uh, what are your thoughts, uh, kite on on Steve's team?
1: Oh, uh, you know, it's been it's been such an up and down, uh, like you know, trip for Steve as he's been going through. It's almost like, like a tale out of some sort of folklore. What's happened with him, and I know that you know, forevermore he will regret it and spend many midnights staying up late at night wondering uh, what went wrong with his team. Because I'm not gonna lie, I don't know how much I, I again, the pieces are all there, but I feel like we've been waiting all year for the pieces. Uh, to come together, uh, and I, I'm just not sold it's gonna happen. Like maybe everything's gonna click finally, but like Swift, who knows what if he's gonna ever like get fully back into the rotation the rest of this year? Mike Williams might be banged up. Although he's, in, I know he's questionable back in practice now. Uh, AJ Brown dealing with a rolled ankle makes me a little bit nervous, even though he says he's gonna be fine. Uh, I, I mean, I, I want to see it actually happen. I want to see the big, like, boom Steve week to really kind of believe it. Like, I, I think, and especially because uh, the next guy we're going to talk about is is very scary, I think, moving on. I, I think there's just maybe not not enough uh, runway for Steve to land here. I, I don't know if I like it.
0: Yeah, like, uh, you know, it was promising to see that JT had a solid last week and he had the vault under Saturday, surprisingly. Um and I think a part of that is just getting Maddie Ice back on center. Um hopefully he can stay healthy and continue to get his volume so he can kinda trend to pick that we all thought he would be. Um Joe Mixon like you know, yeah, he had that game, which is amazing, but there's no way he's to even come close to producing something like that again, in my opinion. And he'll probably go back, fall down to kind of what he's the rest of the season. Um yeah, and uh, Swift is a major concern, too. Uh, I think if, like you said, if he can piece it all together, this could be a solid contending team. Uh, he will, he'll put up a fight, uh, but it might be a little too late for him. Um, I think what's saving him is the fact that he is in a cluster with a bunch of other teams that are in the same position. So I think it could just be luck of the draw for him. You know, with with that cluster,
1: like the next guy up on the list in the standings, Tony's team, like... I'm facing his team this week, and I am kind of shitting bricks right now. I like it. Is Justin Fields just gonna put up 35 points a week for the rest of the year? Like this is like legitimately terrifying to me, um, because if that's gonna be what happens, and you know, I know Tony Pollard probably isn't going to be in the starting role for much longer once Zeke is healthy. But, like Justin Jefferson is going supernova. Uh, you know, it seems like the offense is clicking a lot more in San Francisco. T. Higgins is back without his bye. Like, God, this the the top of the like, the starters in this roster are legitimately kind of scary.
0: Yeah, I think the thing that really puts his roster right now over the top is Fields. Uh, that's for sure. And uh, is and it's like what you said is Fields going to be able to keep up this momentum? And I don't think he can. Um, Are you trying to say
1: that you don't anticipate a quarterback is going to run for 150 yards every game?
0: No, it's it's unrealistic, and he's not going to be able to rip a 60-70 to 70 yard run for a touchdown every game either. Against um, Atlanta, you know, though, he might, which I'm not looking forward to. <laughs> which, which, yes, against Atlanta, that's very possible that can happen. Uh, but, you know, after that, the Jets' defense has been pretty stingy all year. Green Bay's defense has been pretty decent. And then you got the Philly defense and Buffalo going into the playoffs, um, and with Khalil Herbert out, and you just have a very inefficient Montgomery. I think it's very easy to see, you know, players at least somebody shadowing Fields going forward. Like you know, every time we see a quarterback just dominate defenses with their legs, you know, we've seen it before. We've seen it with Hertz. We've seen it with Lamar. When you when defenses catch on, they always shadow them, and it makes it a little bit more. Di- so I think Fields is fantastic. I'm I I really give the offense the offensive coaches kudos to actually being able to change and adapt to what the the qualities of their quarterback is, but I don't think Fields is on a path to sustain this type of volume. It's it's almost impossible. But I am happy for Danny that he he finally they finally found a quarterback that is usable. <laughs>
1: It feels like defenses should just play, like, three spies against Justin Fields. Because, I mean, like, make him throw the ball and make him beat you that way. Because, like, honestly, he he can clearly kick the shit out of people on the ground. But, like, I feel like he hasn't really proven anything throwing ability-wise yet. And, like, so just so just like have, have all three of your linebackers just spy play man coverage and just see what happens. Like to me, that's what makes most sense against fields, but you know, what do I know? I guess I'm not a defensive coordinator, but uh, yeah, I mean, I'm hoping, I'm hoping that Atlanta maybe figures that out this week. Although, uh, you know, shout out to the Camille's dirty birds. I'm
0: not hopeful. And we haven't even touched base on this yet, but he also has Kadarius Tony, who now plays on a KC offense with Juju Smith Schuster out. So, can Tony be a like, you know, end of the season league winner? Possibly. And then with Watson on the horizon, a coming back as well, depending on how much rust he has, Amari Cooper looks like he could probably be pretty decent as well. Cause like his at home performances have been through amazing. It's just for some reason he doesn't like to perform on the road. I don't know what it is, but he definitely loves his home. Doesn't like um, sleeping in hotels. Who does? Yeah, so if you pair those upsides with, obviously, Jefferson and Higgins, then, yeah, it's it's a pretty deadly team if, if Antonio can make the playoffs here. It's a wild split. I didn't even notice that. That's insane that Amari Cooper
1: is just, like, so much better at scoring touchdowns at home than on the road. Like, I don't know. That that reminds me of, like, you know, in baseball, when you have, like, bullpen guys, like, tipping pitches and stuff
0: like that. And, and the odd part, too, is that I'm pretty sure he kind of maybe not that skewed as this season but i'm pretty sure he kind of had the same type of lopsided numbers when he was with dallas man hotels and i get it man
1: i don't like sleeping in beds that aren't mine either you know whenever i take a trip over to victoria or whenever i like go to like uh stay somewhere else if i don't have my pillow i sleep like shit so like i get it man i get it
0: yeah, I'm curious as like when he retires and like calls it quits, if he's gonna ever like release if there's ever a reason for this type of skewed uh, numbers that he that of his performances, it would be pretty interesting. But never seen anything like that before. Yeah. Um, we'll go to the next guy here. I'll let, I'll let you call it. Uh, as it is my team here sitting <laughs> in seventh uh, at five and five. What do you uh What do you think, uh, Kite? I mean
1: contender. Like I think this is this is an easy one. Um. The 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 running backs there with Cook and Pierce, I think, still a pretty strong duo. Uh, you know, Cook not hitting the heights that I'm sure you hope for, but still perfectly solid. I think St. Brown's going to be really strong down the stretch. Uh, and, you know, Pittman, uh, hopefully Matt Ryan coming. I mean, Matt clearly Matt Ryan wasn't the only problem there. Like, I mean, Ellinger is clearly not much better. Yeah. Um, you know, do I think it still has the high-end ceiling? I mean, if Njoku comes back and maybe spells Kyle Pitts, maybe you've got some higher ceiling there. But I I, I feel like you're going to be comfortably uh, in a playoff spot. I, I wouldn't be too worried if I was you, honestly.
0: Well, I think uh, what I would say is I think my luck is kind of changing a bit from what I've experienced in the beginning of the season. Um, in terms of like, I haven't been putting up the highest, like, really high numbers like I have been. It's still pretty consistent, but I've been able to win a, a few games here and there. Not going up against the highest scoring uh, teams I've, on a weekly basis. Uh, I am pretty happy with the Saint Brown trade that I did with Fournette. Uh, not because Fournette. Uh, Got injured. Uh, I just kind of saw a little bit of a decline in Fournette's usage, and I thought, you know, with having Cook and Pierce, let me take advantage of potentially grabbing a pretty healthy, uh, volume-based uh, wide receiver. Uh, and I think, uh, I think the biggest surprise—well, yeah, you could probably say biggest surprise—and the nicest one is Waddle actually being a WR, um, and he definitely willing forward. Uh, so I'm really happy with that um yeah even though he's on bye this week I think having St. Brown and Waddle is a is the exact uh type of wide receiver duo I was seeking
1: yeah Mike, Mike McDaniel big up to him man like that guy just I remember going into the uh season everyone was like how is Miami going to make Waddle and Hill work like what's going to actually happen here how are they going to feed both those mouths is two even good enough and like they're both just like lighting it up. Like Hill's probably like the number one wide receiver in the entire year. Um, so man, like big up to that coaching staff. They uh they know what they're doing, even though that organization is like rotten to the bone for like firing Brian Flores in sketchy ways and trying to hire Tom Brady and so You know, they're they're sketchy as hell, but they found a guy that
0: seems to know what he's doing. Yeah, they definitely lucked out with him, which I'm happy about. And um, it's he he knows how to work his players like you know, there was a lot of uh, question marks surrounding Tua, and if he can be the quarterback that we drafted, the Finns drafted him to be, and he's definitely, like, he's definitely complemented his best abilities, and Tua looks like uh, an actual, like, you know, QB1 in this league, like a top QB, uh, the way that they're utilizing him, and man, like, having hill and waddle it it really is an unstoppable do um uh it, it's pretty crazy uh to see how open these guys get and what yeah
1: 100
0: um yeah and honestly the only other thing i'd say is uh you know let, like we had we saw the huge performance from watson which uh he's finally healthy um could he be a rookie uh type of breakout towards the end of the season who knows maybe
1: um yeah, it's like we'll there hasn't been like a lot of encouraging signs before like this last week, so I don't know if they just he just needed this one game. Like, I don't know. The the vibes are off in Green Bay. I want nothing to do with Green Bay. They're just
0: they're gross right now. Yeah, but I would probably say that was the first game he's actually been healthy. Um as he's kind of missed a lot of games and kind of got hurt early in a lot of games, so I'm, if he can stay healthy, I, I think Aaron Rodgers is desperate enough to keep featuring him. Um so we'll see with that. But um hopefully you're right, Kite, and I can squeak into the playoffs and be a contender. Um we'll go to the next guy uh who is Walking five four and it. one. Yeah. Five four and one household names. I would honestly, if I was him. Be a little bit more concerned about his team right now, uh, to probably how it was in the beginning of the season. And my personal reasons to that is he still has chase out, which like we'll see when he comes back. Is it going to be too late for him? Um, we've seen a decline in Debo Samuel's usage um, and even performance. And you know, with Christian McCaffrey being there, like are we going to see a decline continue? to trend with his usage in the running back uh, carries. Uh it, it's it, that's a big factor. Um and then he, he's really struggling to find that RB2 that work for him. Like Jeff Wilson might be the answer. Um but other than that, like not uh, this week. Not this week, yeah. Uh but other than that, I think he has some question marks here that he needs to really like make sure he can push himself these last few for the playoffs. Yeah, I mean,
1: it it seems like the pieces are there. Like he's got some guys sketchily on buy this week, which is not ideal. Like you know, it's it's hard. Like I, I feel like he's gonna have a hard time winning this week. Uh, like so that puts Steve ahead of him in the rankings. Uh, I think you're gonna you're gonna moonwalk over Kimbert, so that means that'll put you ahead of him in the rankings. Uh, so that brings uh, him already down, uh, basically to eighth spot. And then, if Tony's able to to beat me, which I think there's a very realistic possibility that that happens, then Paul's in ninth, and it's looking scary. Like he's got to really make sure that folks are kind of all all systems go those last three weeks. And um, I, I think there might be some legitimate worries that Paul needs to be having right now. And the hard thing is too, like I don't really know what he does to fix it. Like I don't know if there's a lot of like super tradable piece uh, to look for there. Like, honestly, maybe it is trading chase trade chase for some short-term help and see if he can get someone to fill in, in that RB two spot. That might be something that's worth uh, considering because chase isn't going to, you know, chase doesn't help him if he's out of the playoffs, you know, it doesn't matter at that point.
0: Yeah. Unless if he wants to keep him as a keeper again, um, which I'm not sure what round that would be for him. If that was the case, maybe I think I he... it would be the fifth
1: round, yeah. I think. So, I mean, it's still yeah. definitely worthwhile.
0: Yeah, that that might be still. Yeah, I don't know if he'll do that if he can still keep him as a fit. Uh, that's valuable if that's the case. Um, yeah, I don't know. Maybe like that's uh, that's interesting. All right, we're gonna go here to the fifth place team. Now we're going into actually nice winning records here. These are like the top five in the league who has been pretty consistent so far uh, throughout the first ten weeks. And probably are the main guys we would be looking at as contenders for championships and not just playoffs. Um, or not. We'll see. But we have Nicholas's uh, Holland Oates Fields, who, the manager who currently went to a Denny's Diner. And ate, I don't remember, but it was quite a few pancakes that didn't come out right the other at the other end. And it was very torturous, um, which I would still want to bring him on board one day just to tell us about that experience. Uh, but when we look at uh, Nicholas's team here, uh, what do you think? Do you see a team that can go deep into the playoffs or a team that might barely even make it?
1: I mean, I I don't want to say this about a guy who I just have so much respect for after doing that Denny's challenge. Like that's, that's shit that I, I probably would have loved doing when I was in college. But as a, as a grown ass man now, I think my body would probably just like die halfway through. So much respect to him. But, like, Odd. I am I'm not loving what I'm seeing. And I maybe I'm just like down too down on some guys, but like the vibes on the Chargers seem way off. Like that that O line being wrecked is clearly played a role in how that team works. Uh, you know, obviously if Herbert gets Williams and the Allen back, which I hope he gets at least Allen back, uh, you know, that's probably gonna be an improvement for him. And if Eckler can kind of get back to his scoring ways and doesn't have, like, you know, people spying him the whole time, maybe that's looking good. Um, Gus Edwards, not sure I'm loving it. Gabe Davis, a little too boom bust for my liking. Uh, CeeDee Lamb has bounced back really nicely. had a great week last week, and then before that, too, he's getting the scores. Um, I don't know. Something just doesn't feel feel right to me. Once once Brees Hall went down, it really seemed like the team turned a corner. And uh, I feel like last week, like the the way that our matchup ended with Herbert throwing the interception on the last play and then me being able to sneak out a win because of that, like that felt like I, I know it's all very emotional in fantasy football, but it felt like an emotional turning point where it was like, All right, that's gonna be the kind of year it's gonna be for next team.
0: Yeah, I um I think it you nailed it with Brees Hall, like Brees Hall going down is what's been really tough for him. Because if you had Brees Hall there, like, you know, the Herbert Woes this season has been extremely rough. I feel that in Dynasty. uh, But I think having that Eckler and Brees Hall one-two punch would have been enough to keep him with a stable floor. And, like, stabilize him when he doesn't have the booms from Gabe Davis. Uh, but without that, he will really feel the woes when he doesn't get... Lamb has been a nice pickup, and I think he'll be good for him going forward. I think Dulcich can be decent too, even in a horrendous Denver offense. Uh, but yeah, it's a very boom and bust type of roster he has right now, and uh, he's lucky he is six and four uh, with the with the record on his side. But I think he's going to have to squeak out one or two more wins to guarantee a playoff spot. But it's going to look rough for him in the playoffs when he goes up against pretty high consistent teams. I I think he'll be in the playoffs but he won't go
1: yeah that sounds right to me uh yeah it's hard to imagine who's gonna like leapfrog him like i don't tony might leapfrog him uh you might leapfrog him but i have a hard time seeing like five teams being able to go up and get ahead of him.
0: yeah i i think so too so i i think he's in a state where he can squeak out one with what 11 to four weeks left to go maybe two more wins and he can do that yeah depending on his matchups and i think he'll he'll be safe in up spot but he'll probably be one of the matchups i would be if i if we were to look at matchups for the playoffs um let's go to the next guy same record he's had his own woes as well uh, he hasn't been as electric as of he was, as recently compared to the beginning of the season. We have John's OB John Kenobi. Uh, I remember we talked about his team in the beginning of the season, and I, I mentioned there's there was players that were overperforming in the beginning that uh, were definitely going to be on a decline. And unfortunately for him, I feel like it's kind of happened. Uh, like, for example, CEH. I don't even think he played a snap last week, but... Uh, He's probably droppable at this point, and he's clearly sitting on his bench. Uh, same with Damian Harris. Uh, he definitely uh, is still strong in his wide receivers. Not this week, but he still has Hill and Evans. But uh, I think he's going to have some issues uh, in other positions. Uh, if he, I, he will probably make the playoffs, but to make a push, I think uh, he has some, some holes he needs to fill. Uh, what do you think? Yeah. hundred percent. Like
1: I, I don't like anything about that running back core. Uh, I think it's gross. I, I, I mean, I think we've all thought it was kind of gross, uh, for most of the season. And we were all kind of taken aback when guys like Damian Harris and Clyde and even Miles Sanders was, were like performing like RB ones and RB twos. It was like, oh shit. Like this wasn't supposed to happen. This isn't how it's supposed to go. Um, but now we're kind of seeing, I think what that actually looks like. And, um, I, I don't have any confidence in Singletary being like a guy that can put up even 10 points a week. Sanders looks like, you know, the regression is starting to come a little bit and he's uh, coming a bit back down to earth and has some like, I mean, if I look at kind of the rushing matchups as he has kind of moving forward, it's not too bad for him. But like, I, I don't know how much I love Sanders moving forward. Uh And it was funny, I was looking at his team, I was like, oh my god, his wide receivers are brutal, but then I realized that he's got, like, Mike Evans, Tyreek Hill, and DK Metcalf all on bye this week, so that'll be fine. I mean, that trio and Kelsey could carry him. I've done that before and made my way to a final with that kind of happening, having, like, three really strong wide receivers and a strong tight end, Um but I I don't know if uh, Marcus Mariota and Derek Carr are the uh, the princes that were promised that will bring him into the uh, a deep playoff run. That that really makes me nervous.
0: Yeah, uh, I don't know uh, either. Uh, I think he's definitely in a in a position to make uh, the playoffs, but uh, to make a deep run, I think he he has some holes. And just looking at like his QB situation, I'm just kind of like taking a quick glance here. In my opinion, or in your opinion, I feel like there's a big gap between right now, like the top tier quarterbacks and then the kind of that like second tier quarterbacks. Like we're seeing a huge disappointment in a lot of those lower end quarterbacks, like the Matthew Staffords, Tom Brady's Aaron Rodgers, even like Kirk Cousins. And do you find like the guys or the managers that have had those top tier quarterbacks uh, are doing well, and then the guys that have kind of gambled on those lower tier one quarterbacks are are really struggling, because uh, I, I think there's a bigger gap than usual.
1: But yeah, as I'm looking at things, like, I mean, the first thing that stands out to me is that, like, Patrick Mahomes is, like, you know, he's managed by Andre's team, so it's not like having a great QB has really been a recipe for success, uh, but I think you're right overall that, like, as I look at the list here, like, Josh Allen... Uh, is number two on the list in scoring, kind of tied with Mahomes. He's been very good. Jalen Hurts. I mean, you know, your team's five and five, but you've been a good performing team. Justin Fields has gone supernova, and that's going well for them. Just Joe Burrow, Terrassa's QB, looks like it's going well. Uh, so I mean, yeah, I guess there's something to that, but again, it seems a little bit too hit and miss to me to like make a big overarching statement. But I I don't feel like it's a hit or miss like statement to say that. Dan, like David, what's, it's not David Carr, Derek Carr and uh, Marcus Mariota are shite and are not going to be guys that lead you to a championship.
0: Well, let's say this, for example. Okay, so we got uh, somebody who, let's say Tom Brady. Okay, Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers, who are sitting at 153 points and 105. Uh, they would probably be ranked as like, you know, that preseason, maybe QB8 to QB12 range. And when you look at the point drop of 155 to 145 to like even a Joe Burrow of 200, that's a huge gap to probably what we've seen last year. That gap probably was closer to 30 points then, as opposed to, and we're not even fully done the season yet.
1: Yeah, that's fair. And, you know, I think we've seen a bit of like injury uh, bad luck happen too. Like, you know, Tongavai Loyola has lost, missed a couple games. Uh, You know, I, I, can't, I don't even know what else. Like, Herbert's just had, like, the shittest luck with everything around him on the team. Um, But, yeah, I mean, I don't know if this invigorates the quarterback debate. Like, you know, it was even something that I um, was always uh, remiss to do. Like, I never liked the idea of drafting a quarterback early. But, like, I don't know. Maybe there's something to it. Or maybe, you know, you might do it and then you end up as Andre. And you never want to end up as Andre.
0: Yeah, I... I can't, like, I last I think two seasons or so I always tended to be like yeah I'll draft in the later rounds a quarterback and I always found myself kind of struggling Um, even though the fifth round isn't super early to draft it still is pretty early for a QB Um, but I can definitely confidently say I'm happy that I picked Hurts in the fifth round (laughs) yeah definitely uh all right so the next guy uh, that we're going to talk about now we're going to like the
1: <laughs> topper <laughs> Champion time baby
0: <laughs> <laughs> we are going to talk about our current champions team who is 7 and 3 who has probably squeaked out some lucky winners. Yeah, I only uh, ever win we... by luck.
1: I've never won because of good management decisions or my players performing well. I've only ever won because of luck.
0: A hundred percent. It's def- That is exactly the reason. Um, we'll still go through your team to see if you are a pretender or contender. Well, with your record... Uh, you're pretty much locked in for a playoff spot. I, I think if you were to lose the last four games and go 7-7, seven and seven, you'd still have a chance to make it as long as you keep your points four up. Um, yeah, going with your list of, of players, I think uh, you can always have a chance on a weekly basis when you have Josh Allen as your quarterback. Um, I would be a little worried about Kamara uh, going forward. It, it feels like he's kind of... He's had some down weeks. I don't know if it if Andy Dalton or Jameis Winston is any better than one another to have him back there. It doesn't seem like Winston chips the ball to him. Dalton's pretty shit. So I, he isn't having the consistent games he used to. Uh, but who knows, right? He can have his blow-up games. I think for you having uh, Herbert injured now uh, for at least four weeks... Um, you can have see David Montgomery have an uptick in his usage again, but again, he's probably the RB2 behind Justin Fields, so we'll see how that works. Uh, Devontae Adams has had very hit or miss games. Uh, I really don't like this Raiders offense, but clearly he's the only target uh, that Carr sees, um, so he's obviously going to be good for you. Um, and Schultz seems like he's come back to life. Uh, I see if. If Allen comes back and he's healthy, I think he can be a good number two wide receiver. That's why you traded for him. Um, yeah, I, I, I hate to say it, but you probably will be contending for it again this year.
1: I I'm really hopeful that I am too, that that Herbert injury I you know, I try to make a habit of not rejoicing for injuries, but when I I saw, like, the report on Sunday, like, Herbert leaves game with hip injury. I was like, huh, interesting. And then, like, the next day, I saw Herbert put on IR, and I was like, oh, baby. It's it's go time. It's it's Let's put the pedal to the metal. Because um, I, you know, I, I've been looking ahead, honestly, till looking at playoff schedules since, like, three or four weeks ago. And I'm really happy with a lot of, like, the situational matchups I'm going to have at all my positions. Like, you know, uh, Kamara looks like he's going to have one of the softest um, schedules in the playoffs. Adams looks like he's got a super soft schedule in the playoffs. Josh Allen's got a pretty decent schedule. David Montgomery even has a pretty decent one. Dalton Schultz is going to have some good matchups. Like, I'm I'm ready to go, baby. Like, I, I, I know uh, in my, the last three weeks, I played Danny, Kimbert, and Paul, who are three teams that I think are all maybe a little bit downswinging. I'm kind of like, I'm I'm ready to go. I'm ready to make my way into the playoffs, and I'm ready to kind of stomp and, and defend my title. And I'm happy to just say that out here right now. I'm throwing down the gauntlet. I'm, I'm seeing myself taking home the back-to-back. I'm calling it. I'm calling my
0: shot right now. Wow, you guys hear that? The back-to-back call-out. You know, that's really ballsy because usually uh, that's misfortune. When you call such boldness uh anywhere. Uh, I'm going any I'm time.
1: going full LeBron and Dwayne Wade. Not one, not
0: two, not three, not four. <laughs> We're going seven uh, back man. to back, baby. Hey man, anything is possible, right? So Kevin Garnett. Why not? Yeah, Kevin Garnett. Uh but yeah, you do have good matchups there if uh if that plays out for you. Um well, we'll kind of have to see how that plays out. But yeah, when I saw Herbert go down and how quickly it didn't look good. And to me, it was more unfortunate because I, I was looking at him as a potential, really good keeper pick 10th round. And because with Montgomery bring a free agent, like all signs were kind of pointing to Montgomery walking away and Herbert going to be like the feature lead next year, but now with this injury um i'm kind of more concerned about what's gonna happen with you know the future of khalil and montgomery in this backfield next season so that's what i'm more worried about to be honest at least on my end the future win titles baby yeah i know it's it's win titles now but you know you still gotta cradle a cradle cradle your team for next year too the
1: future
0: (laughs) <laughs> so, the next text team we're going to talk about here has been the Commander of Chaos, Chris's team, where we all thought he was nuts for taking as many running backs as he did during draft. Uh, but somehow, he's made his wheeling and deal work, and he has a, a very strong team here. Uh, Prescott's back from injury, Saquon Barkley... Looks like his rookie self again. Josh Jacobs has been an absolute stud from the dead zone uh, in the in the draft, at least dead zone from the draft. Uh, again, he was able to steal DeAndre Hopkins from Andre. Like, literally, I don't know why Andre holds this guy for so long and then decides to trade him up. So, uh, again, kudos to Chris for being able to pull that off because he's been an absolute stud since he's returned from his um, suspension. Uh, TJ Hawkinson going to... Minnesota has been a dream come true for him Um, even though Hawkinson hasn't really put up the touchdowns he's been getting the volume and honestly with how miserable the tight end position uh, all Hawkinson needs is a is his eight to nine targets and he'll be a TE1 every every day Um, and then he he, even if you look at his bench I'm like Kirk has been performing well McLaurin has been showing up some life uh, the last couple of weeks Connor's back from uh from injury as well like just from top to bottom this looks like uh, a true contender team for this season too
1: now mikey i have a question for you uh and and i ask you this because i you just feel like the right kind of guy um do you and claudia watch love is blind
0: i don't but i know she does, do you, and it, it drives me nuts
1: have you do you so like do you know who the people are and like you kind of know like a little bit about what's happened uh, I don't
0: know the names and all the stories, but I know what the the show. Okay, the concept well, is I, of. I'm
1: gonna put this out there for all you folks that have had to watch Love Is Blind with your uh, respective spouses or partners. Uh, you know, in the the reunion episode of the most recent season, there's one guy named Cole who's been tr- who gets like dragged through the mud and treated like a dirtbag for really just doing not a lot wrong, like being a little bit immature, but like doing nothing really damagingly wrong then there's another guy named bartice who is an absolute you know piece of shit who's done like really horrible things and seems to kind of skate by scot-free i kind of feel like a little bit of coal when it comes to like when people are talking about how lucky my team has been and then i feel like chris's team is bartice here like this man is a full 100 points fewer than every other team had scored against him. And obviously, you know, you don't control what other teams do against you. But the amount of, like, Teflon this guy must be wearing to have avoided any of, like, this luck slandering that I've had thrown in my face... I, I mean, I'm putting him on blast right now. Like I, I got to, this is all prefaced by saying that like his team is strong as fuck. And it's scary. Uh, that Hopkins trade. I mean, I, I Andre should feel bad about that. Y'all were like jumping down my throat for like a Keenan Allen for a Juju Smith, Schuster trade and thinking that was insane. That Hopkins trade, uh, was abominable, um, when it happened and like, it was absurd. Uh, and it's turned Chris's team into a genuine contender uh yeah it's gonna be it's hard to see things slowing down like he's been putting up really solid scores every week uh clearly i think probably the best you know i think maybe the best one two punch in running backs right now maybe even the best one two three punch especially if connor uh can return to form i i'm less hopeful on hawkinson just because it's tj hawkinson and he's always broken my heart um but shit, man, like, and Terry McLaurin, too, like, holy shit, like, this team is stacked right now. If, if things keep falling the way they do, um, I, I'm probably hanging out with Chris in the finals. Uh, and then I beat him in the finals, obviously. Um, but I think in my, he he seems like a strong finalist candidate to me.
0: Yeah, if you guys don't meet each other before the finals, but I, I agree. Uh, I To be honest, I didn't even notice that he has the fewest points against um never even looked at that to be honest and i think that's just probably because he is in the top for points for as well um but yeah i i haven't looked at the week to week matchups but the fact that he has the lowest points against um honestly like it explains his record too he probably should even have a higher record if that's the case
1: i mean yeah i mean a, a lot of that comes from like the week that he played against you you put up like a 50 spot against him uh, which was you know no bueno, but there's a, a bunch of wins there where he kind of squeaks it out. Some like low kind of gross wins. Like I, I feel like I'm just saying like you know not that I'm not necessarily in the same place, but I feel like you know the uh, I I get it. The target's on my back. I'm the champ. I have a great team. Everyone wants to be me. Like I get it. Um, but like I think I think we need to get some shade thrown Chris's way. I think we need to to kind of put put an L on his name
0: uh you know what uh i I don't know Uh, he's might have been having some luck with that but he's done some pretty good calls like take you know taking the risk on barkley as the fifth pick uh clearly worked out for him uh you know picking jacobs up has been an absolute pick and then yeah like you said what a ridiculous trade but like he hey kudos to him he was able to steal hopkins away and like i think that move alone is just like you know the sugar and the spice to make everything nice <laughs> yeah. and literally is not really chaotic at all it's really uh, a masterpiece it's almost um, yeah
1: it's kind of like boring methodical chaos like it just kind of it just like is pludging forward there's nothing chaotic about it
0: yeah it's like he used all his chaos last season and he's like he doesn't know what to do with it anymore so he tries to be chaotic and it's just kind of like watching stepbrothers happen and it's like you don't know what's happening exactly. anymore you just have like balls on drum sets and and tambourines going everywhere and and honestly it it works because it sounds very good boats and hoes baby boats and hoes and speaking of boats and hoes we have a menage <laughs> a that's happening right now in first place Literally by a tie, uh, which is sums up our whole entire league season so far. Uh, but Menage Tua is sitting pretty at the top of the league at 7-2-1. and one. Um, And when you look up and down this list, Kai, like, what do you think? He's clearly first place, and he has the highest points for, for a reason. Uh, but do you see any gaps that could potentially not make him a contender for this year?
1: Not a lot of holes that I see, honestly. Like, I mean... Clearly, set at quarterback, Andrews is going to start getting healthy. That'll be good for him. Uh, you know, he's still been plugging away with Andrews out like the past few weeks, or like at least the past couple weeks. Um, so that's that's meaningful. Um, you know, it's Ken Walker hides a lot of uh, sadness that I'm sure he has about Najee Harris. Um, but you know, if you're going into the playoffs with Ken Walker, Leonard Fournette, and Najee Harris, it's not a sexy trio, but it's a it's a workable trio. Uh, and then Stefan Diggs and Chris Olave are just target hogs that are just uh, pulling in everything. And even with Alan Robinson, potentially now as the number one guy that, you know, Stafford will simply have to throw to him unless, you know, he, keep, he keeps finding other white dudes like uh Skronic or Higby to throw to. Uh, it's, it's hard to deny that this is going to be a really strong team.
0: Yeah, it is like, uh, I, I don't like Harris this season. I don't think anybody does. He's, I st- Still call it, I'm pretty sure he's going to be one of the biggest busts of the season. Um, I would be more concerned to see what, with Fournette's injury, to kind of monitor and see how he comes back after the bye. Um, If he misses any extra time, I can really see White taking a a bigger role into the offense. Um, So I would be really curious to see how that plays out. Uh, Walker, obviously, is amazing. Uh, I, I literally, I'm pretty sure I called it in one of our preseason pods where I really think Stefan Diggs could be the number one receiver this year. And he's definitely been playing like it. Uh, and I think he is currently the number one or the, or the second. Um, but yeah, he has a strong team. Uh, his record shows for it, his points for show for it. And he's definitely going to be contending uh, deep into the playoffs.
1: Yep, yeah, 100% agree.
0: All right. Uh, so yeah. So that pretty much wraps up our pretenders and contenders section for the show. Uh, we have been uh, going for a little bit longer. Um, so we're not going to go into too much detail of this week eleven matchup. Um, but what you say going up and down the list this week? Who do you think? What do you think is the matchup to watch this uh, this week?
1: Uh, I'm really curious to see. Uh... One, I guess to see if Commander Chaos can continue doing their thing and, like, maybe if Andre tries to make that late playoff push. Um, I kind of like my matchup against Tony. Like, I think that's a spicy one just because of, like, Tony's team is just such a, a team on the rise, it seems like right now, that I'm curious if he is going to blow me out and just, like, m- make me uh, feel like a dumbass or if, you know, maybe the wheels come off a little bit and some stability comes to... Uh, you know, Kamara getting a touchdown again, Montgomery getting some work. I'm I'm curious. I think I think my matchup is looking like a pretty spicy one.
0: Yeah, I think uh, that uh, it's going to be a good matchup, one that you and Tony have. Um, I agree with that. And I, I think uh, Andres and Chris's too, I think you nailed those right in the head. Uh, and honestly, I don't know why I have this feeling that there's going to be an upset this week. Uh, I feel like, I, my you know, my, my tides have turned a little bit. I've gotten three wins in a row. But I think coming on here and saying that, I'm just going to get Shad on, and Kimbo's going to get his first win of the season. With who? (laughs) With who? I, yo, Gibson against this Houston defense, I, I, Gibson can run wild on them this this week, like I, I, I it, that potentially could happen and then with Goddard out, maybe Devontae Smith goes off in Indy, even though I have Hurts, like Devontae can still go off, maybe, I don't know and maybe I have just, you know, a really shit performance from everybody this week, a down week Well, but,
1: I, I am going to shout uh, at Kimbert that he needs to pick up a tight end, I don't know if he's aware that Zer- Zacherts is out for the season, but Kimbert, if you're listening uh, go pick up a tight end it looks like Trey McBride, Ertz's immediate backup is still available uh, I would recommend you pick him up
0: yeah or you don't Kimber it's it's totally up to you if you really want to strive to be like the first like 0-14 team by all means then just don't pick one up
1: come on Kimber, Trey McBride he's another tall white guy I know how much you love tall white guys
0: oh man uh, so yeah so we'll probably we'll wrap it up here for uh, for today uh, before we, we call it uh, quits. Um, Do you have any uh, parting shots or shout-outs that you'd like to do before we we sign off here?
1: Who, who, me? A parting shot? When when have I ever liked talking shit, Mikey? I I would never take any parting shots. You know, except at maybe uh, a Taras team that is just ridiculous for being involved in the first tie in the league, which is absolutely nonsense. Uh, And I'd never take shots at, like, Chris's lucky ass and his fucking nine horseshoes that are stuck up there. Uh, and I, I, you know, I would never want to take a shot at the league's most garbage running back core that's on Obi John Kenobi. And I, I certainly wouldn't want to take any shots um, at a, you know, team that's managed by Nick that's looking about as limp dicked right now as like those limp wilty pancakes that I'm sure he was eating over at the Denny's. Um, and, you know, household names, it seems like Paul maybe should have just stayed in the DR because I don't know if it's worth coming back to manage this team, but I wouldn't say that. Uh, And then you got, you you know, your team that is just so up and down and can't get its shit together. Like, how can you have any confidence in it? But I wouldn't want to say that on the thing. And, you know, I also wouldn't want to say to Tony's team that, you know, I mean, I wouldn't want to say anything to him because he never comes on the podcast and he never listens. So I wouldn't want to take any parting shots. And then, you know, the biggest disappointment of the year, Taylor Swift, you know, not just that new album that was kind of mediocre, but the team itself was just as mediocre and then I wouldn't want to take shots at a guy like Poop Emoji just because, you know, they've had such a shit go that, you know, maybe their team was already shit from the start. It's kind of hard to say. And then, you know, show me the Mooney. I wouldn't want to talk any shit to him uh, because, you know, he's just been sunned by the entire league. Like, he's clearly demonstrated terrible management. So it's not worth really saying that. And then Kimbert, I mean, it's not worth kicking a dog while it's dead. Uh, so I wouldn't ever want to make parting shots. So, so no, I have no parting shots.
0: Yeah, you have no reason to. So, yeah, what's the point of doing any parting shots? Um, but with that said, we have some sad news. You know, we have the American Thanksgiving coming up. Uh, families are going to be getting together to eat their favorite KFC dinners That's and amazing. enjoying football Absolutely on a Thursday night. <laughs> but um, as as you guys know, uh, it's been... A pretty busy season so far, and it's going to continue to be a pretty busy season uh, for not only myself but our, our other host here, uh, Kite. And uh, I think for the first time in a couple of seasons, we're going to be taking a pause on on the weekly podcast. Uh, just uh, t- with too many things going on. Uh, we love fantasy football and we love talking about it, uh, but we have other things come first as a priority as well. Um, but behold, uh, you definitely. Uh, don't have to cry or pout. Uh, we will be back for the playoffs. That is just about the holiday season. So our gift to you is that we will be coming back for Christmas.
1: Yeah. I'm excited Um, to be talking to y'all again from my, you know, my, my position as King in the castle. I'm looking forward to it. I'm, I'm
0: jazzed. Yeah. Give the keys back to, uh, to the host here. You know, it was a fun time renting out the vehicle, but, uh, I put enough mileage on it and I don't really wanna fill the gas tank up, so I'm gonna give it back to abuse. It's
1: it's good. Um, you've been even using the
0: regular on it. It needs premium, Mikey. It needs premium. It, it it does need the premium and, and, and you're right about that. Um so to say, uh before we sign off, you know, it was it was a privilege uh doing the podcast again the last few weeks. Um and I just wanna tell everybody who I have been talking to with trades You know, please be patient with me. I'm not usually this inactive uh, throughout the day. Um, Just hold on in there. Uh, I'm not ignoring you guys. It's just I haven't had the time to properly look at the trades and and, and evaluate. Uh, So just, you know, be a little bit patient. But other than that, fuck all you guys. Peace out.